In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM. 51 degrees right now outside, and um, they say it'll climb up another 20 degrees, up to 71. Very pleasant. Enjoyed a meal on the patio last night and it was very comfortable, very pleasant. Hey, it's time for our update from the mayor of the city of Athens, Steve Patterson. Plenty to talk about. He joins us uh, generally monthly and he's here right now. looking it up steve and uh, the name patterson yes it says scottish or irish now um you can be a little more specific because you know your family's heritage i do i do and uh what, what, what if you had to put one label to it which is really tough but if you did which would it be one label to it sure. um i'd have to say heinz 57 <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I, I have a really interesting lineage. Um, my mother and father were, were big on genealogy and, yeah. and even traveled to different countries, uh, because they'd reach a dead end when they were working through the archives, um, in Salt Lake city. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, Mormon religion has an amazing, um, repository of of individuals sure. lineage and whatnot anyway um i am probably mostly irish um but uh i'm also part algonquin native american uh, my great 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 grandmother um whom had nine children uh two of whom were born on the Oregon Trail um, oh, as they emigrated from from um, Tioga County, New York, Pennsylvania region, uh, way up in northern Pennsylvania and southern uh, upstate New York. And they emigrated across the, like I said, the Oregon Trail and worked their way to what is present-day Vancouver, Washington um, with their nine children. And that, Dave, one of these days, we'll do that whole story because it's a fascinating story. Um, Esther Short, who is my great-great-great-grandmother, um, essentially founded what is present-day Vancouver, Washington. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, there's Vancouver a park, is cool. There's a park in the middle of the city called Esther Short Park, um, oh, which yeah. is named after her. Anyway, um, and then uh, I am also part Ukrainian. Uh, my grandfather whom i never met um he passed away when my mother was 19 um emigrated in 1911 to the united states from the ukraine which at the time was you know part of of russia um and it was because his his father didn't want his three sons to be conscripted into 
Tsar Alexander II's um, army that he was trying to put together because at the time Germany was poising itself to attack, which ultimately became the start of World War One, and uh, or at least a part of World War One. And so he left the Ukraine, um, traveled across the Atlantic in steerage, um, and landed in Philadelphia. Um, and he landed his their last name, his last name, and his brother's last names were Lasowski. And what's really fascinating about that is that when he landed in Philadelphia, he being my my grandfather, he decided that, you know, he wanted a, a good American name. So he changed his last name to Leslie, where his other brothers, their last names were all spelled differently. Um, one with an I and ending in an I and one ending in a Y. And, and uh, so you look at I look at my relatives, and you know, even though we're all related, their names or last names were slightly different. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my back. You know, it, as time allows, it's fun to look up all that stuff. Oh, it is. And then you add adoptions and things like that to it, and it just it throws you a curve. And uh, but it's still, you know, as you get through it step by step. Oh, um, it's it's really interesting. It really is. Like, so I, I I took the time this morning. So Palmer, okay. Yeah. Now that's my adopted name, uh, last name, and and uh, that's primarily Welsh, right? Mm-hmm. Patterson. I looked up your name, and it says Scottish or Irish. Daily. Okay, Scott's uh, not here at the moment, but Scott's last name is definitely Irish. And then I thought, well, what, what, what are the most common Irish names, both first and last? And it was real simple. Jack O'Sullivan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that's the most common Irish name, Dave. No, they're saying put those two together, and that yeah. would be the most common of the two. Most common. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, well, let's get on to business here. You are the mayor, of course, and it's been um, not too testy of a, a, a spring, and, and not spring, what am I trying to say, winter and early spring. Um, I have noticed a number of potholes. mm and uh, I, I know the city workers are working on that. It seems like for years I have said, why can't they invent something that um, is like an epoxy? And you pour it in, it levels itself out to the same height as the surrounding stuff. Right. And you just block it off so it'll set up, and then it's there. And it never goes away. Right. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think about that too, Dave. Oddly. Why? I mean, as, as inventive as our people are, yeah. hot patch doesn't hold. Hot, a cold patch holds even less. You yes. know, and that's what we use during the winter is, is a cold patch. Well, I think I got my terms mixed up, but I mean, it just doesn't work very well. Right. Well, hot patch, I mean, that's hot asphalt. That's what we use during the with the summer yeah, but when the, the asphalt plants open up. You need the but, compression yeah, equipment and, no. and all of that stuff. Too. I'm with you. I, I, yeah. 
I, I'm always fascinated by the research that's out there. And, you know, we need more research like that, Dave, you know, which would be simple when you think about it, right? You get a, you know, you have an air compressor, you blow out all the grit and the loose stone and whatnot out of a pothole. And then, like you said, just simply pour some fast curing. Listen, they, they make beautiful tables out of this stuff. Oh, do you watch those show those, uh, those I, I video clips it. as well? I haven't seen the shows, <laughs> but I, I've seen people do it. And where it's an epoxy or I don't even know what the right term is. Some sort of finished material that... Yeah, yeah. That Li- really is not Liquid glass. Yeah. And, um, and impervious to anything, you know? It, um, cars could drive over it with no problem. Why can't they pour something into these holes, let it set up for 24 hours, and then we're done with it? Right. I don't disagree with you at all, Dave. I wish there was some, some, something out there that would make that work. But, well, here uh, it is, March. Yeah. We'll, we'll move along. Um, well, so let's stick with this topic just okay. for a minute or so. Sure. And we are putting together our repaving street repair and repaving list Mm -hmm. um and so i would encourage anyone who's listening and lives in the city of athens or outside the city i don't don't care but if you identify you know city streets whether it's in our residential neighborhoods or it's in our business district whatever um, you know, let us know what you feel is a street that is in need of repair. We've got a, uh, we do have a list that's been put together and that list does change um, and sometimes grow as we're looking to see, okay, what streets are we going to repair this year when we go around doing the, the repaving? Well, when I was chairman of capital improvements for the city as a city council person, um, we had an annual trip. And uh, it was generally on a Saturday. Right. And uh, we all got in a van <coughs> and traveled all around to look at recommended um, s- streets to do. And then we might also have on our own minds a few. And so we'd say, what, let's go over to so-and-so. Take a look there. And because the council members were from each different wards, they had some knowledge of that particular fourth of the city anyway and and out of that came the list right i assume the process is not much different it's not much different um you know the pandemic certainly well made things different but yeah. uh it's interesting the service safety director andy stone and i were just chatting about that yesterday about you know uh, are we ready to go back to having the street tours and and whatnot but Dave, they were, when I was a city council member, and uh, for the first, you know, pre-pandemic anyway, as mayor, we were still doing what you just described. Yep. Everyone hops on a our small bus in the city, and we go around. We have our list of places that we need that uh, need to see and have council see. But we'd also we, we it grew, Dave, to where we would even take them down to the water treatment plant mm-hmm. and describe the improvements that were going on down at the water treatment plant, the wastewater treatment plant. Um, we would go down to where the Richland Avenue pedestrian passageway is before yeah. it was built and describe the hazards that existed at the 
kind of pseudo crosswalk that sat there, which, by the way, let me share real quick. This is pretty cool. Um, I went up to Columbus. Gosh, when was that? Um, I went up to Columbus last week. I think it was Wednesday of last week and no Thursday of last week and was at a it was the uh, ACEC, the American College of Engineers something rather. I can't remember exactly what it stands for. Bunch of engineers. A bunch of engineers. Um, And the city received an award for the Richland Avenue Pedestrian Passageway for its design, Mm. uh, which was pretty cool and got this crystal trophy kind of thing. And uh, so that was pretty cool when it comes to a project like the Richland Avenue Pedestrian Passageway. But again, that was that was on the tour. Um, And we certainly go around and look at streets. And then the other thing that we would do, Dave, and they may have done it when you guys were doing it, it was also look at uh, possible intersections that could potentially have a traffic signal deployed there. Or uh, you, I'm sure everyone's noticed the crosswalk that goes from basically Watt, Watt over in the Near East neighborhood over to uh, where the Village Bakery is. Um, because we know that there was a lot of parents walking their children that would cross that section of East State Street. And uh, we put in one of those uh, rapid uh, blinking crosswalk uh, crossings there. Um, And that's been pretty effective, too, in making it somewhat safer for people who are crossing from the north side of East State Street to get to... Uh, East Elementary, or even people going from the Near East over to Village Bakery, whatever. Um, So we would look at things like that as well, or locations like that. So that still goes on, Dave. And it's a really important tour, uh, and certainly an important process. Well, let's see here. I I, I have a lengthy list, but it's it's not. Some of these things... uh, have been on the list for months. Some some are new, so we'll just go through everything. New council, new um, council. We've got uh, some new members, and um, how would you say things are going? There's always a, a period of time where they're trying to find out their roles and what they can and can't do, and vice versa. And how's it shaping up? Yeah, uh, we have four uh, true. Two truly new council members uh, and two who were incumbents but were uh, placed on city council, voted onto city council by the central committee uh, here in Athens to replace individuals who left early, um, so unfulfilled terms. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it, you know, I remember I, I often think back on my first term as a council member and you spend you know, the better part of a year, just getting the swing of things and understanding process and how council decorum should be. Um, And uh, so it's, you know, there's a learning curve for sure. Um, And, uh, you know, councils, um, it's growing. Let me put it that way. And I think that the new council members are constantly learning and uh, the 
incumbents who have been on for a while, you know, Council Member Sam Crowell, um, Council Member Sarah Grace, and uh, uh, Jeff Reisner, Council Member Reisner, you know, they've been on for several years. Jeff Reisner has been on, for, you know, for 10 years now, I believe, uh, as a city council member because he and I got on council at the same time. Back in 2012, we started. So uh, there's there's also that educational component where the more senior council members, then obviously the president of council, Chris Nisley, uh, who's been on council for, I would, I'm guessing, so sorry, Chris, I think 12 years that she has been on council. Uh, and probably eight of those as the president of city council doing an outstanding job. Um, and so there's education that comes from Chris as well. Um, so it's, there's a learning curve, but it's coming along. <clears throat> well, um, let's move on. Arts, parks, and rec. Um, there seems for the last year or two or three, maybe, there was kind of, I don't know, some internal friction. I'll leave it nicely like that. And um, between the board and the director and even within the board. Um, and maybe you would disagree with that. But in any case, we have a new director. We do. And I think there's even a new member or two of the recreation board. Um, are things settling down and, and um, are the directions that um, the new people are headed um, to your liking? Uh, well, there's a new chair for the Rec Advisory Board. That's Brandon Thompson. And um, Brandon is, uh, I think, doing a good job at, at taking on that role, but not only that role, um, for the role of the Rec Advisory Board. Because, Dave, you remember, you served on the Rec Advisory Board. <clears throat> I chaired it. Its role is to advise the director um, and the new director that you just referenced, Catherine Ann Jordan. And by the way, has she been on your show yet, Dave? No. We've got to make that happen. I'd like to do it. I, let's do it. Um, I know that some of my other staff have been on your show, so... Um, we will make that work. But uh, as you remember, the role of the Rec Advisory Board is to be advisory. Um, and um, that is coming along um, uh, in terms of, you know, identifying projects and giving advice on, on you know, <clears throat> what things should be high on the priority list for getting accomplished uh, and other things that are less so. So uh, they're doing all right. Right now, um, kind of interesting, The uh, I know there's a city council member who would like to change the name of the Rec Advisory Board from Athens Rec Advisory Board to the Arts, Parks, and Recreation Advisory Board. Oh, I've used that for years. Well, I think a lot of us have. I used it as well, um, and that's fine because that's the name of the department. But where? Uh, but again, it's advisory to 
playground improvements to the swimming pool improvements to um we've but, got you know arts west when we grabbed that um we were in, you know keenly in charge of that and community center so assets yeah, right yeah you know we've got Southside park highland park you know west state street park but there, there were parks many all over the place arts stuff well there there is and so to that point that there is a lot of art stuff uh, and that there should be more performing arts in our city parks. We have 750 acres, Dave, of recreation lands here in the city of Athens. Uh, and that's not including the bike path mm. that runs right through the city. But uh, we have, we've got significant rec recreational space. And you're aware, I mean, the Athens Rotary, the Athens Rotary, donated Camp Rotan to yes. the city of Athens, yes. and we now maintain Camp Rotan, and still priority is given to the scout clubs. Um, but the former church, um, uh, Arts West, it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, that has performance um, sure. uh, venue as well as um, workshop venue. Sure. It's a great space. Oh, it's an awesome space. And so keep in mind, Dave, that we have another commission and their charge is all forms of public art and it's the Athens Municipal Arts Commission. Um, and so that's where I draw the line between the different advisory boards that we've got. You know, the AMAC, which is the Athens Municipal Arts Commission, their charge is all things art related. The, they're the ones who vetted the uh, muralists mm -hmm. for a lot of the murals around the city, the Depot Street lift station, you know, the Stimson Avenue retaining wall. Uh, you know, I can go on and on. The art on the uh, different uh, utility uh, Thank boxes you. and yep. that sort of thing. Traffic control box wraps. That's all um, orchestrated by AMAC. And AMAC is going to start this summer. This is going to be really cool. They're going to start this summer um, working with Catherine and Jordan to have performances in the different city parks. So I, I don't have the actual schedule in front of me, but, you know, there will be performing art that takes place in uh, West State Street Park somewhere. Mm -hmm. There will be performance that takes place at Southside Park, Dairy Lane Park area. There will be performances behind the community center. And then finally, kind of the 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 uh, crown jewel, if you will, for all things AMAC will be on the 13th of August, the Athens Arts and Music Fest, which takes place on West Washington, or I'm sorry, West um, Union between Congress and Court Street, to where that'll be closed down. There'll be a stage set up, um, Scott Winland will pretty much be the organizer for that event. Uh, and that's a cool event. That's an event where we have art vendors who set up their their tents or whatever and are selling their wares. And we have um, musical performances. A couple of years ago, pre-COVID, we even had a flash mob um, that took to the street and started dancing to a song. Um, and uh, uh, it was... Uh, Really, really pretty fun. The, the, yeah. the event, the flash mob unto itself, was orchestrated by uh, Ty Carr's son, Reese Carr. Um, did a great job. Uh, and the whole troupe practiced for, gosh, a 
a good month, if not longer, doing the what became the flash mob dance that took place in the middle <laughs> of the street. Uh, and yes, I was part of that flash mob. So, okay. <laughs> but it was it was cool. So anyway, back to the point of commissions, boards, and commissions. Um, and yet, and yet, I, I I wrote down this sentence: Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> right. Because well, we it, do, it, it, Dave. Here in Athens, we do, don't we? Uh, Unlike, unfortunately, across the pond. Um, the... I'm I'm not accustomed to um, knowing about other places. I mean, now if you're talking about international and like, I am. Okay, well that's a that's a topic we'll cover down the road here today, the Ukraine and that sort of thing. But you know what they do in Logan, I have no idea. What they do in Marietta, I have no idea. Uh, what they do in Palmer, I have no idea. But I know in Athens. Dave, um, you need to get out of your zip code a little bit more because there are some well, cool I'm, events I'm that take place in those other cities. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Um, but what I care most about is how Athens behaves and, sure. and operates. Sure. So uh, I, I still continue to hear of this conflict or that conflict and that sort of thing. And, you know, so I wrote down, why can't we just all get along? Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that's unrealistic, but it's still a goal. I, you know, Dave, I think by and large, here in the city of Athens, we do. You know, um, you know, there's, uh, of course, like everywhere, there's going to be hot button, sure. you know, issues that are out there. But, you know, I... Here's what I love doing, Dave. I just got back from the National League of Cities Conference in Washington, D.C. It's called the, the uh, Congressional City Conference, um, to which I have been elected onto the board of directors. And I'm also the co-vice chair for the National League of Cities Race, Equity, and Leadership Council, uh, which I really enjoy being a part of that council. I enjoy being on the leadership team for NLC. And and going to these conferences, um, and I was, you know, I'll be going to, to Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I'll be heading there in June for the International Town Gown Association Conference, um, to which I'm the president-elect of that organization. And I like getting onto the leadership of some of these different orgs, but you know why, Dave? It's because I like showing off Athens. I like talking about Athens and all the really cool and interesting things that we are doing here um, and keeping, you know, just showing off our city. I think, again, by and large, uh, we're a great community in which to live, work, and play and learn. Because uh, you know, obviously, we have Ohio University, which is an outstanding university. What? Uh, we have what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is that? Um. Anyway, uh, and I was, I, I was in a, a meeting. Uh, it was a, a conference call. Well, it was a meeting, uh, Zoom meeting, with one of the organizations uh, where I'm sitting on the board, and mm -hmm. and they were, one of the members is the mayor of Tiffin, Ohio. And he was talking about, you know, it's our 200-year anniversary this year, and we're going to do this big 
big event or week of events and so on and so forth, which is really pretty cool that they're doing that. And I'll, But in the back of my mind going, okay, well, we're 225 years old as a city, you know, 1797, uh, which is really yes. notable, right? Um, I also had somebody... And we had a nice celebration, too. You know... You, I'm sure uh, that was the year before I arrived in Athens, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, I got here in 1998, and the 200-year anniversary was 1997, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I missed it. Wah, wah. Yeah. But, uh, well, okay, so let me pass by this. Why can't we just all get along? I, I think there is, has been some improvements there. Um. There's a couple council members. I wish they could just wake up a little bit to that. Um, if now um, we had census recently, and we made a big deal about if the if the city can hit twenty five thousand in one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, that that would be a really good thing. We did so, right? We did not. What did we hit? No, we we grew by a staggering 17 people. Um, <laughs> so the 2010 census, we were, uh, the full count was 23,832. And then every year thereafter, you have an estimated growth or not um, that, that each municipality goes through. And we were uh, estimated to incrementally grow in 2019 our estimated population was uh 24,800 and something Dave I, don't, I can't remember the full number but so anyway thousand more than we actually count well yeah and so out of the 2020 census the official count came in at uh, 23,849 so 17 people um I have some real serious issues with that count. I think we've talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. Paul Logue, our city planner, looked at things at the census block level. And as an example, the apartments um, off of Richland Avenue, Coates Run, mm -hmm. um, or the summit at Coates Run, uh, it houses approximately 1,000 people. Uh, and it's usually about 85% occupied up there the, uh, at the summit. Well, if you look at the census block, at the census block level, it showed that there was 47 people that were there and counted. So we're off by 1,000 there alone. So it's, um, you know, I don't know, Dave. It's, uh, we can certainly contest it and ask for what's called a special census here in the city of Athens. But that would likely cost about a half a million dollars that a municipality has to pay from their general fund to make that happen. Um, now, but in so doing, in being successful, it, would it be worthwhile? That's what we have to weigh out. Right. What's the return on investment to go ahead and do that? Mm. Um, uh, you know, the return on investment would be significant dollars looking forward. Uh, if, in fact, we do have 25,000-plus individuals in the city, it would uh, certainly increase the allocation that we get for community development block grants. It would in 
increase uh, allocations for other organizations, jobs and family services, and others that receive funding through CDBG. Um, the other thing, and you and I have discussed this, it would uh, have council look at all the population of the city and create a fifth ward. Um, and with a fifth ward, obviously, it would be a, a fifth city council ward member. And with that, we would have eight council members. So we can't have eight. Uh, we'd have to have an odd number. So we would have to add a, a fourth at-large council member as well. But, uh, yeah, Dave, we grew by a grand total of 17 people in 10 years. Which uh, You know that's not right. I do know that's not right. Well, okay, let's move on. Uh, but, I mean, I, I hope that'll get addressed, and I think it'd be worth um, the expenditure to – that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree. Okay, to, to get it as accurate as possible. Okay, a sewer extension. Um, I've driven out there. We've got some friends out there, and, boy, it's kind of bumpy. Um, but you know, it's getting done. It is getting done and it is getting, it is bumpy. <laughs> and you know, where they've had to cut long strips through down through the center of roads and, and then get buried the pipes and all of that. And I know people that, you know, have had septic systems for years and now they're going to be on city sewer. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that, what, what percentage would you place that as? Is it at uh, 75% completed? Or oh, what? no. Okay. No. I can't even put a percentage on it, Dave. Okay. Um, it's, it is chugging along. Uh, it's There's eight phases to the whole sewer um, extension. Phase one through five is under construction right now, so... You know, I I have really little sense as to where it is in terms of completion, uh, even with phase one through five. Um, I, too, have experienced what you're talking about. We have friends who live off of Marion Johnson Road. And so we, you know, drive out 50 and jump off at uh, 19 and then mm. Selby Road and, you know, Selby, which uh, is the road that you access a uh, a little cluster of homes um i think it's uh, spreading oak uh, uh neighborhood and yeah it's pretty chewed up down there well and... I, I you know i've got my daughter and her family up in wonder hills oh yeah and yeah. Uh, so that's you know but they needed this and so uh, nobody's really complaining and it's not as bad as some of the potholes in regular roads but it's it's um it's a project underway it is yeah. Well, okay, let's see here. COVID. Um, that's spelled C-O-V-I-D, um, <laughs> in case you've never heard of this. Um, I, 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 I'm encouraged. I, you know, I've kept statistics daily for two and a half, well, almost two and a half years. Yesterday, they announced that the state is no longer going to do them daily. They're going to do them every Thursday. Right. And um, I don't know what to do for that extra hour each afternoon. <laughs> but I'll find something else, I guess. But um, that's certainly a sign that things have improved. 
that they they feel they now no longer have to update how many are in the hospital on each day, how many are in ICU, how many uh, deaths, how many, um, um, uh, what do you call it, vaccines, how many whatever. They're going to now go to doing it every Thursday. Um, I think that's a very positive statement. Yeah, I'm looking at... uh... I'm looking at the most recent counts that were announced anyway mm-hmm. here in the city. And this is, you know, Sunday, March mm-hmm. 12th. And uh, I'm looking at five new cases, 191 uh, cases, active cases throughout the county. You know, the Friday before that, it was five cases. Before that, it was four cases, 15 cases. Two cases, I'm going backwards in time, two cases. You know, yes, yeah, so the, the numbers are, are continually dropping. Um, I will say this, because this is something that uh, they, that I experienced in Washington, D.C. when I was there, like I said, from Saturday of last week through yesterday, that the conference still required everyone to wear masks, face coverings when inside. And, you know, because there was uh, approximately 3,000 people at the conference over that period of time. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that um, uh, as much as, you know, we all get to the point where we're But a, a year piece before, that over. wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The National League of Cities, which has um, the Congressional City conference which is always in washington dc and then in november they always have a conference that's somewhere else uh city somewhere else which is called the city summit and for the past two years uh both the city summit and the congressional city conference were virtual Uh, so again this year everyone came together it was great seeing a lot of my counterparts from across the nation but uh, you had to wear a face covering uh, at the event at the conference and we had some really notable people come and, and speak to us, which I felt with everything else that's going on in the world stage, I was pleasantly surprised that the President of the United States came and spoke for about 15 minutes to the National League of Cities. Um, uh, the Transportation Director, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Pete, he was there and he spoke. Um you know, Chief Policy Director uh, Susan Rice came and spoke to NLC. Um, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's husband, um, second gentleman, came and spoke to uh, NLC as well. So it was a lot of notable people, mm-hmm. a lot of black suburban vans um, all over the place around the hotel, uh, the conference hotel as well, as these people were coming and going. So it's a lot of secret service. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but uh, you know, the other thing is my son, who lives in Washington, D.C., um, we went out one evening uh, to have a drink somewhere in the Logan Circle part of D.C. And we stopped in this one bar um, and you had to show one proof of vaccination uh, and you had to wear a mask when you came into the hotel, into the, the bar, showed them your proof of vaccination, and then you could take your face covering off and go sit if you were vaccinated. If you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't get in. Um, so, again, businesses, they have the the 
freedom of choice to decide whether they want to require people to continue to cover or not. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the numbers are coming down. Um, I think we still need to be vigilant, but I also feel that that uh, a lot of people have become vaccinated, uh, and certainly there's a, a large number of people who have we've got had Tim. COVID. We've got 10 minutes left. I have uh, gone through half of my list. Um, but there's something that um, we wrote down after you arrived, and I want to do that next. Uh, and, and the rest of this list, uh, we'll see how we get to. The Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Now, um, next week, let me reach for my list here. No, this is the wrong list. Anyway, next week we have, I think on Tuesday, Svetlana Kalachenko. I got that pretty close to being right. Uh, I met her recently. I was really impressed with her. Uh, she is Ukrainian, but she's lived here for the past 20 years. Um, one of the things she has done is when this whole Ukrainian mess began, um, what, six, eight months ago, um, is that she has tried to make Athens aware of it and is encouraging people to be supportive of Ukrainians. And I think most people are inclined to do so, but there's many ways to do that. So, she's going to be on the show next week. But you too have met her, and I you have. too have worked with her, and um, and and it's not just her; it's this whole concept that we want to address. We need to address it, um, and we need to acknowledge the fact that uh, Russia, the Russian government, has created um, this hostile invasion uh, of a sovereign country, nation, um, and uh, we had at the National League of Cities uh, board meeting which there's 50 board members, we had the mayor of Lviv um, come, you know, he, he came in remotely, obviously. He, he zoomed into our meeting and uh, was basically describing the atrocities that are taking place, but also the fact that uh, they are a nation of resilient people who have the resolve to to defend themselves and are doing that but he also had a plea to the united states is that basically he's talking to 50 mayors and council members and city managers from across the nation and saying we need your help you know we need things like flak vests we need helmets we need ammunition you know those are the things we need you know um now uh, ammunition we can't just box up and send over, and where are you sending it to? Uh, but, you know, we, we certainly got and acknowledged the condition that, that they're having to deal with and what, they're, what they do need. So, uh, and it was just, it was heart-wrenching to watch. You know, and here's my counterpart. This is the mayor of Lviv. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and I'm trying really hard to put myself in their shoes. Uh, and I think, you know, Athens, we need to respond to those needs. Um, I, I have met with Svetlana um, several times. I was just on the phone with her two days ago when I was in D.C., you know, got, updating her on some of the things I've been involved with. Um, and uh, she is, you know, looking for uh, medical supplies, you know, uh, burn kits, band-aids, uh, you know, uh, gauze wraps, um, you know, you name it, um, but also clothing um, and non-perishable foods and um, has a, a organization, organization in Columbus that she feels comfortable with and getting that those things to them and that they'll ship them across uh, to the Ukraine and get it in the hands of those who need it. Um, you know, I, I am going to encourage city council to put forward a resolution condemning what uh, Vladimir Putin is doing and has done. You know, you, you've seen the news, Dave. You watch it as much as I do. And to watch the, the bombing of a maternity ward, you know, who in their right mind, you know, targets something like that? Because, you know, I'm, I pretty much would guarantee that you don't have, you know, infants walking around with AK-47s and, and attacking people. But anyway, um, it's it's frustrating, um, as I had in, you know, I'd mentioned at the beginning of your show, is that uh, um, although I've never been to the Ukraine, um, you know, my grandfather grew up in the Ukraine. Um, and so I've got an affinity, you know, through my own personal heritage. Um, so I'll be working with, with Svetlana and I, Dave, I know that you're going to have her on the show. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating conversation with her because you've spoken to her before. And I know that you're willing to support her and her efforts as am I moving forward. And We've got other businesses that are helping Svetlana in ways of, of uh, um, raising money uh, to send money over to the Ukraine. Um, I'm also going to say this, and, uh, and it's just my own personal feelings about things. I was at the gas pump today filling up my trunk because I was my truck because I was <laughs> running on E. And uh, sure, it, it cost me. Uh, a lot more than I'm used to having seen for paying for gas. I, you know, to fill up my truck, 17 gallons was mm -hmm. $73. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but, you know, um, my current situation, much like yours, Dave, and most people here in the United States is very different than what people over in the Ukraine are experiencing. And so I think that some of the, embargoes that uh, the president has put in place um, are slowly working, you know, to where anything that we can do to disrupt uh, the Russian government and what they're trying to accomplish is worth it at the end of the day. Again, my my opinion and, and uh, mine alone. But Well, let's hope that a month from now when we next meet, Things are a little more clear. I don't know if they will be or not. Right. Other topics we would have discussed if, had we had more time. The 
um, Stimson Avenue, I think they did a terrific job down there. They're just doing the finishing touches, and then they'll do the the um, uh, planting and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, are there other areas in town that um, similar projects might take place? Um, law enforcement, civility. Um, and now we hear about concealed weapons, you know, yeah. and, and what does that, Im how does that impact our community? Uh, not having to have the permits, not having to have the education, all that sort of thing. Uh, do I have a gun? Sure. But does do I carry it around with me? No. Um, I, I like to target practice, but um, obviously other people feel differently. Um, yeah, let's take that up at the, our next show, Dave. Sure. Spend some time, because I was just on the phone with Chief Pyle talking about the uh, the bill that that uh, Governor DeWine just signed into to law, so having to do with I had Hugh uh, Sherman yesterday, and, um, you know, I don't know if uh, folks who are, I mean, we're all proud of the university, but I don't think we all realize that it's really recovering nicely. And uh, the enrollments are going to be up again, and, um, um, well, it's just, it's a great story, and we're, we need to make more people aware of it. We do. And, hey, uh, yes, go, go. Real quick, um, I just want to remind people about, about the, a minute. the Athens, Ohio City Source app. That's the app out there on Apple Play or uh, the Apple Store or Google Play. You can download it. It's free. Uh, and that's a great way to report potholes or traffic lights that are not functioning properly or street lights, whatever. So, again, Athens, Ohio City Source app. The other one that I encourage people to download is Nixle, N-I-X-L-E, Nixle. Um, and you can sign up easily. Um, you just text uh, 45701 to 888-777. Uh, and that's a great way to keep yourself informed on, you know, inclement weather events, uh, amber alerts, all kinds of things that uh, will keep you abreast of things going on in the world around you. So... Nixle and the Athens, Ohio City Source app. Love walked right in and drove the shadows away. Mm -hmm. Love walked right in and brought my sunniest day. One magic moment and my heart seemed to know said hello though not a word was spoken one look and I forgot 